Amen. Hey, I, I want to talk to you a, a little bit about this story that we read in, in the book of Acts. Because how many of you know the story of the book of Acts? The, the book of Acts was really, they call it the Acts of the Apostles. But I like to think of it and frame it in my mind as the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Come on, we need to realize that that what's taking place as we read through the book of Acts is that the Holy Spirit is activated within the life of some regular, normal People like like D.L. Moody, who just was a books a, a shoe salesman that opens up a Bible college. Come on, I believe that there are deans to Bible colleges in this room. That there are evangelists in this room. Don't think that that you have to have some special qualification. Come on, God took this this simple little oil filled fishing tool hand and turned him into from a fisher to fisher of oil tools to a fisher of men. Come on, He can use anybody. Amen. It, anybody who's willing and obedient. Come on, but what we see here is this story of Paul and Silas, and they're they're traveling around the world. They're missionaries, if you want to think of they're apostles, they're sent ones. And they're going around, they're telling people about Jesus. But they're not just telling them about Jesus. Come on, they are telling them about Jesus with power, with demonstration of the Spirit. This is they are manifesting the gifts of the Spirit within the, the life of their ministry. Well, somebody say amen. Come on, they are seeing people healed in Jesus' name. They are seeing people supernaturally delivered in Jesus' name. I mean, these guys are literally being accused of turning the world upside down. Uh, they weren't being accused by, by their family members. Come on, the, the cities that they were going into were changing dramatically, and I believe for the better. You know, they had let the Holy Spirit out of the box. Come on, I was just thinking about the, the box and, and this Operation Christmas Child. And man, this is a really pretty box. I mean, it's a wonderful box. I mean, it's got the little box with the wings and it's a great box. But could you imagine if we just like put this box and, and, and said we just ship boxes around the world and a kid gets this and he's all excited and then, you know, they open it up and... Huh. Come on, I believe that, that we need to really understand that, that what we are is more than just a box, but we contain the power of God, the Holy Spirit. Come on, the church isn't just a well, a, a nice package. Come on, it is a package, a vessel for the Spirit of the living God to dwell within. I mean, in this book of Acts, we see that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, and, and Paul and Silas and and John Mark and Peter and so many others were, were traveling around sharing this, this, this message of Jesus and demonstration of power. You know, it's amazing. God, God was let out of a box. I believe that we need to be careful how we create our boxes nowadays. As a matter of fact, come on. Sometimes in church, we try to define things to the point that it loses its power. I hope you can understand that. Sometimes we can get so, so policy driven, so definition driven that we lose the purpose and power of what we're actually trying to say. I mean, the, the box isn't what people want. It's what's in the box that really matters. I mean, boxes have a simple purpose. They're meant to contain things, right? I put stuff in a box. We're moving our offices to the care house. So I take all my, my books and I put them in, in boxes. 
because the boxes contain things. Boxes, you can use boxes to present things, right? I mean, how many of y'all, it's like Christmas every, all the time. You get home and there's an Amazon box on your doorstep. You get kind of excited, even though you know what it is. It's like, hey, I get to open a box. It's, it's just exciting. Boxes protect things. You know, we have boxes like in church. I mean, we have systems and we have stuff like that because I have to protect people from, from, I mean, from one another and from other people. You know what I mean? I mean, you just can't go around just, they, when they ship stuff in Amazon, they just don't ship you the stuff. They put it in a box. Why? Because if, if they just shipped it to you, it would end up broken, damaged. Boxes protect things. And, you know, boxes can be used by, as a gift, right? I mean, we like to wrap up our gifts in boxes and put pretty bows on them. But I, I believe that you can't judge the gift by the box that it's in. You know, you can't judge the gift by the box that it's in. We have to understand that it's not about the box. It's about what's in the box. I'm going somewhere with this. I mean, as, just to kind of illustrate my point just a little bit, I bought a box, right? I mean, this is a very familiar box. Y'all know what kind of box this is? It's, what kind of box is it? It's a ring box, right? I mean, I, I mean, for all of you ladies, young ladies who are not married, if you see your boyfriend carrying a box like this, come, yeah. They've watched enough Hallmark movies. They know exactly what this box is for. Come on. Y'all got to laugh at my jokes a little bit. My goodness. Hey, so this box is, I mean, but the box isn't the, the gift, right? It's just the box that contains the gift, right? I mean, could you imagine if I went and gave this box to Shannon and there was like, she opened it up, there was nothing in it? I mean, Oh man, it's like that, that would be very disappointing, you know, but if I walk up to Shannon and I have this box and, and I get down on one knee like this, you know, I mean, I'm communicating something, right? I mean, this is, this is good. And I just say, Hey, what do you want to go for lunch today? You know, no, there's like some expectation. There's something that's because all because of a box. It's just, and I mean, imagine if I'm here and I, and she opens the box. Now this is, I'm not giving you this ring. This is just for an example. But, but like if I open the box and then there's this emptiness, but there's not, there's something in the box, right? And, and it's, that's really what's powerful. You want what's in the box, not the box. Come on, somebody. The box just carries the gift. But let me just tell you this, this, even knowing what's in the box, seeing what's in the box ain't enough right? It's not enough. You got to take what's in the box, what? Out of the box. You got to take it out. Because if you just leave it in the box, you say, oh, that's a great, wonderful ring. And you leave it in the box, close the box and go put it on your shelf. Come on. That's not really the point. I mean, that's just kind of like, you know, who, who does that? You, you know, that's, that's not it. You know, you take what's in the box and you take it out of the box. Come on, but that's, I think just even taking it out of the box isn't enough, right? Come on, you don't take a ring out of the box and just walk around with it, like maybe put it on a necklace. Come on, where do you put the ring, Brother James? On her finger. On her finger, that's where, on her finger, that's exactly right. Right? So when you take this gift, that's not the box. The, the box ain't the gift. Come on, the ring is the gift, but the ring is really just a representation of a gift. And you put it on the finger, right? And then she begins to what? Put on the gift. Now that's, that's something. Thank you so much, Peggy. I don't want to walk around with that and end up saying thank you so much. 
But whenever you put that gift on, something takes place. What takes place? Oh, you put the ring on. Let me say, I have a ring on my finger. What does that tell you about me? I am married. I am taken. I am taken in Jesus' name. If I put a ring on Shannon's finger, what does that say about who she is? That she is mine. She is my wife. She is taken. She is married. She is or engaged. You know what I'm saying? So, so that communicates a few things. One, it says that all you other guys back off. Because if, if, if you try to come after her, you're going to have to deal with me. And that may not be intimidating to some of you, but I do have guns. I'm just saying. The, my point is this, that there's a gift that is given. The gift isn't the box. What's in the gift, what's in the box is part of the gift. But the real gift is that is the relationship that that ring represents on this earth. Okay, now I'm ready to start preaching. Y'all got all that contextualization? And is that starting to make sense? What's taking place in the book of Acts, okay, is that God himself, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he comes down to earth and he gives humanity a gift, right? And there's this promise and Jesus literally has this gift and he sits down on one knee and he tells the church, he says, listen, I'm, I'm giving you this. I'm giving you to put it on because I'm coming back to claim you as my bride later on. Come on. That gift is not something that we just know about. Not something that we see. That gift is something that we put on. And what does it do? It gives us a new identity. I mean, it gives us a new identity. These, these, these early Christians, the Holy Ghost was let out of the box and they began to put it on in their life and they begin to have a new identity, a new purpose. They begin to have new manifestations. Come on. When the body of Christ begins to wear the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when they put on the spirit of God, things begin to change. Come on, we begin to see healings. I share testimonies this morning because I want you to know that the gifts of the Spirit are still in activation today. That healing is still available to those who believe that there is still a Holy Spirit at work right now. Come on, and He still manifests Himself through prophetic words, through tongues, through interpretations, through words of wisdom, words of knowledge. I, I mean, I could tell you stories about that until I'm blue in the face. At a certain point, you just need to start believing and put it on yourself. Come on, Peter and John, they, they begin to see miraculous healings. I mean, even shadows begin to heal people as Peter would walk by. I mean, the, Paul would send handkerchiefs around the world and they would receive these handkerchiefs and be and receive healing in Jesus' name. I mean, that's some powerful ministry. They would begin to see things supernatural, kind of bizarre, but the Holy Ghost was out of the box. They would see deliverance. I mean, Paul was, was freed from prisons, freed from chains, freed from shackles. Come on, Paul was out casting out demons. They had a woman that would follow him around saying, this is Paul. He's so awesome and amazing. And he, right there in front of everybody, cast a demon out of her. Man, that cost him a headache. I mean, my goodness, we think that well, Brother Joe, you can't be doing all that demonic deliverance stuff in the church. This is the church. Don't mess up our church. Well, ma'am, I'm here to mess up your church. 
Come on, the, the, we, they begin to see miracles from heaven and, and visions and dreams. They begin to see supernatural church, church growth. Thousands were added to the church daily. In fact, one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that they begin to see was, was supernatural generosity. I mean, it says in the book of Acts, in fact, it says that they went and sold everything that they had and gave it to the church for the distribution to those who had need. Come on. I mean, I believe that one of the marks of the Holy Spirit on the earth today is supernatural, crazy, radical generosity. And I'll even throw this out there. I believe that, that God doesn't want us to go without. That God brings not only generosity, but prosperity. Come on, God is our provider. He can provide supernaturally. I mean, some of the miracles, some of the greatest miracles in me and Shannon's life were financial miracles where God provided supernaturally, out of nowhere, seemingly, almost impossible. Come on, one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit having come out of the box is open accountability. I mean, we hear a story of Ananias and Sapphira. I think that's who it is. And, and the, they lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied to Peter. They went and sold a field, if you don't remember the story. And, and they, they came before, they said, hey, they came before Peter. They said, we sold this field and this is all the money that we profited from it. But the problem is they were lying. They only gave a portion. They, they held back some for their own self. I mean, listen, in that moment, both of them, one after the other, died. They lied to the Holy Spirit. You see, some people think, well, Pastor Joe, that's a little bit harsh. See, I believe that, that we have a, a relationship, a bond of trust, one between another, that I know that if you lie to me, the Holy Spirit's going to deal with you. And you should know if I'm lying to you that the Holy Spirit's going to deal with me. And having that knowledge begins to harness this culture of trust in the early church. They can go and do things. They know they're going to supply for one another. They're going to, they can do crazy, radical, awesome, amazing things. Think about this. You know, we want to see revival. As a matter of fact, right now, Pastor Daryl is preaching in Alexandria. At, at Connect Church there with Bubba Warren and, and him and him and Stephanie. And I mean, he's bringing revival. I mean, he says, man, we want to bring to Alexandria some of the things that God is doing in our community. Come on. But I believe that, that there's a, there's, God wants us to do things just like Paul and Silas went and did wonderful, awesome, amazing things. But Paul and Silas went by faith. And if they didn't trust and fully know that they had a church that was behind them that was going to support them, come on, we have missionaries on that wall. If they don't know and trust that our church is going to support them and, and, and provide for their very needs, then they can't go do the things that God wants them to do. And we're holding back the reins on revival in our nation and around the world. Does that make sense? Come on, I believe that God is, is doing something supernatural. He wants to use our gifts. Come on, that God is about fed up with people who say, yeah, I'm bringing me my tithe. I'm bringing my tithe to the church, but I'm not really tithing on everything that God has. Like, that's fine. Just quit calling it a tithe. Call it an offering if that's not what it is. Because the Holy, I don't want the Holy Spirit dealing with you like that. Man, crickets right there. Hallelujah. That's right. Well, one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that got out of the box was the gospel went out. I mean, it wasn't like they just said, hey, we're going to have the Jerusalem church and it's going to be awesome. We're going to build this huge, awesome, amazing, beautiful, 
sanctuary here in Jerusalem. No, they went out to every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Come on, these apostles sent forth 2,000 years later, still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ right here in Acadiana. I mean, why did they do that? Because people paid the price with their very life. The gospel goes out. This is one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon people, crazy stuff begins to happen. I can't explain it. It's just powerful. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14 says this, in, in him who also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Come on, the Holy Spirit upon our lives, it says, is a seal. It's a guarantee of our inheritance. Just the same way that that ring that I put on Shannon's finger when we got engaged was a seal. It was a guarantee. It was saying that we're going to get married. I'm going to hold myself for you. You're going to hold yourself from me. And now we are bound together as one. The Holy Spirit is what binds us as believers, when we put on the Holy Ghost, it binds us as believers until the coming of Christ. See, the Holy Spirit is not controversial. It's not questionable, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the Spirit are for the sealing of the church. It's a guarantee for us, right? And that Holy Spirit is out of the box. All of the people who came and shared their testimonies of what God did in our life, it's out of the box. Everybody knows, the devil knows that your life is marked and sealed by the Holy Ghost. Come on, the Holy Spirit is not some controversial topic that we get to discuss amongst intellectuals and academics on, is the Holy Spirit still at work? Is the Holy Spirit not still at work? You know, should we have tongues and interpretation? Should people pray in tongues in church? I'm like, get over yourself. It's the Holy Spirit. Like, why do you think that you can put him back in the box? He can do what he wants to do, when he wants to do, how he wants to do it. The Holy Spirit is, is without control. He can't be put in a box. He refuses to be put in a box into our understanding. The only vessel that's worthy to carry the presence of the Holy Spirit is sitting in these chairs in front of me. Come on, the only thing that, that can contain the power of God on this earth is a born-again believer. Covered in the blood of Jesus. You see, I believe... The Holy Spirit is, is, he came to, he's like a ring upon our finger, a guarantee. And, and when people begin to come against the Holy Spirit, the worst of the Holy Spirit, it's almost like someone coming to Shannon and saying, you know what? That ring on your finger is really not that important. It's, I mean, I know that y'all are married, but I mean, come on, that's just a legal contract. I mean, my goodness, that ring is just a, it's just a gold band or whatever it is. I think it was a gold band, white gold band. It's not important. Come on, that's, that's the work of the devil. 
I mean, when we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise and with power, come on, for people to come and say, well, that's not really the Holy Spirit. Come on, brother, the Holy Spirit isn't really at work in, in our lives today. Oh, that's, look, God doesn't really heal like that anymore. I mean, that, that, that stuff went away with the last of the apostles. Don't you know that, that, that nobody really speaks in tongues anymore. That was just something that was done away with when we had the fullness of the scripture canon. Come on, that's like saying that, Shannon, you you know, that ring on your finger really doesn't really matter anymore. Come on, that ring is still on her finger. That means that she's my wife. And all, of, all the other guys in the world have to stay away. Well, when we wear them, put on the Holy Spirit, it puts the devil on notice that we are taken, we are sealed, we are claimed, we are his. Ain't nobody going to tell me that it doesn't matter. It's not important that the manifestations that begin to take place... Nobody tries to put the Holy Spirit in the box, but I believe the Holy Spirit's empowering, life-giving, world-changing. And, and here's a problem. Too many Christians today, they like to take that ring off and leave it on the nightstand before they leave the house. Too many Christians today, they want to take that seal of the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? I'll wear that when I'm at home. I'll wear that when I'm at church. I'll wear that when I'm in my prayer closet. But they don't want to go walking around in public with that Holy Spirit ring, that Holy Ghost seal upon their life showing, man, what would people possibly think? You know, and here's the other part. I mean, could you imagine if... I'm just going off off script a little bit today. But me and Shannon, we're married. There's a seal upon our fingers. We have said sacred vows before God and before men. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? But I'm going to go on dates with other women. Is that not, would that be outside? <laughs> so more than likely, if I begin to do that, then our relationship would begin to be strained. Come on, I would, I would, I would presume that she would quit showing up to, uh, to my events and stuff, you know. She would probably even quit coming home or make me go sleep outside. I don't know. The point is, here's, here's my point. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we put on that seal of eternity, the Holy Ghost, well, there's no room for dancing with the devil anymore. Come on. When you said yes to Jesus, you said no to the world. You can't have it both ways. Come on, that makes you an adulterer. It makes you a liar. And listen, God will not dwell with you. Don't, man, I didn't know I was going to be preaching this hard, Doc. I was just, don't. Go living in the world during the week and try to come to church and act like you're saved on Sunday. No more than I would try to go live in the world during the day and try to come home and live like a husband at night. Come on. What, whenever we put that ring on, whenever we let the Holy Ghost out of the box, we can't put them back in. You know, I believe since the day of Pentecost, the world has been trying to put the Holy Ghost back in the box. 
I mean, it's like it's the day of Pentecost. It's like, I mean, it is wow. They're, Peter is is sharing the gospel. People are being saved. People are being baptized. People are being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Cornelius, even the Gentile, is baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he, he's saved. His whole family's saved. It's awesome. It's amazing. I mean, you have to ask yourself, how do they know that Cornelius was saved? Because he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. He started speaking in tongues and prophesying and things. He changed. But it was like, since that day, since Pentecost, it's like we just try to put the Holy Ghost back in a box. Like, well, brother, let me just tell you something. If you turn to the book of Romans or the book of 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, and you know, you see these words, these terms, like this is these things should be done decently and in order. Don't you know, brother, that we should have a word of tongues and then let two or three prophesy, you know, that that as a matter of fact, we shouldn't even let women speak in church because I mean, don't you know what the Bible says about that? I mean, that I'm not trying to diminish the Bible, I'm not trying to diminish the word, but here's what I'm trying to say. When we start having multiple manifestations of the Holy Ghost in our service to the point where it becomes a distraction. When we begin to have people prophesying and people praying and people healed and people laid out in the spirit and and God is moving so mighty and powerful and and it's totally awesome. Then we can start saying, man, we're here till eight o'clock at night. Okay, guys, we're going to let one prophesy or or give a word in tongues. And we're going to let two or three prophesy. Okay, we're just going to let everything needs to be done a little bit more decently in order. But you see, those words weren't written to define how to have the Holy Ghost in the church. Those words are written because there was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the church that was uncontainable. It was wild and crazy. Let me tell you, our churches are in no threat today of that taking place. I, uh, I'll say it. Is it okay if I just get a little raw? I mean, like the churches that say that there's no works of the Holy Spirit, don't come tell me how to have manifestations of the Spirit and how to work in the Holy Ghost in my church. You don't even believe that he still works today. Go sit over there in your church and have fun. I mean, listening to your songs. I don't know what you do over there. I want to see God move in my church. I want to see people healed in my church. I want to have a book of Acts type of manifestation in our church. Come on, we're not going to define the Holy Ghost by the box that Paul tried to create so he can package him and ship him around the world. Come on, I want to see God begin to move in our churches. That make any sense? I want to see the people in our church begin to operate in revival. I want to see revival. I want to see the testimony like what we read about in the book of Acts where where the people around us are saying, man, y'all are turning the world upside down. Not in a negative way, but because people are opening their eyes to the truth of the gospel. That's what I want to see take place. And this is the whole reason for this message is this, is because I feel like we grieve the Holy Spirit of God when we feel like we can, we can take off the ring, we can take off his presence, and we can put it back on. You see, sin in the life of a believer will grieve the Holy Spirit. Man, I, I know I'll just... 
I've got a lot of other notes. There is absolutely no way that I'm going to get to any of this. But I believe that, that in this time, in this book, that the, that the work of God, the works of the Holy Spirit begin to be made manifest, and it begin to bother some people. So don't think that whenever God begins to change you, when God begins to become engaged to you, when God begins to reveal himself to you, that it's not going to bother some people. Just a couple of stories, and then we're going to close. I mean, I remember when me and Shannon got saved, we got filled and baptized in the Holy Ghost, and we started saying no to some things in our life because we wanted to see the presence of God in our family. We wanted to see the presence of God in our kids. We wanted to see the presence of God in our church. I want to be, I want to live in the, dwell in the presence of the Holy, of Holy God. And I don't want to quench the Spirit of God in any kind of way. There's a few things that will quench the Spirit. One is trying to put the Holy Ghost in a box. Two is trying to, to say, well, that's not the Holy Spirit. Come, would you let God be the determiner of that? I mean, you know, when people get filled with the Holy Spirit or have men, man, sometimes they'll shake. Sometimes they'll pray in tongues really loud. Sometimes they'll run around the sanctuary. Come on, I, I, I love Brother Phil Sonye so much because, I mean, he's, he's there battling and uh, uh, there's a good possibility, continue to pray for him, that they'll be coming home this week. We're believing for that. But, you know, he's had miracle after miracle after miracle in his life. Sometimes the excitement of that wells up within him, and he'll just yell, Jesus! And, I mean, if you don't know Phil, you don't know what's happened in his life, you may say, man, what is wrong with that guy? It's because God touched his life supernaturally, and he's excited about it. I mean, the Holy Spirit is so much more than what we think he is. He's so much more than what, we can, than, than what can be contained in a box. And, and here's the real problem, is that whenever the Holy Spirit comes on somebody, they experience what I like to call freedom. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, and somebody who's tasted freedom is very difficult to control. Come on, somebody who's tasted freedom ain't going back to that life of slave and addiction anymore. Come on, somebody who's, who's tasted freedom to worship and to dance ain't going back to that anymore. Come on, someone who has experienced freedom in the Holy Spirit, don't, uh, don't try to put the Holy Ghost in a box. That's one of the ways we can quench the works of the Holy Spirit. We try to define him. You know, we're going to have, oh, we're going to have a Holy Ghost service. Friends, if I have to go into my church and say, hey, we're going to have a Holy Ghost service, y'all find another pastor. Every service should be a Holy Ghost service. We shouldn't even have service without the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's like, if I have to say, well, this, if this is the Holy Ghost service, but none of the other ones are, I'm like, what in the world is going on? I don't even wake up and get out of bed without praying in tongues. I, I can't get up here and preach without the fullness of the Spirit. So, trying to put the Holy Ghost. Here's another thing that will quench the spirit, the spirit of God is sin. We covered that. Christians, I just want to plead with you. Remove the sin from your life so you can see the fullness of God operate. And, I mean, it may not be like direct sin, but just entertaining sins. I mean, maybe it can just be... You, you, 
you know, I mean, could you imagine me and Shannon being married, being the love of my life, and then I'm calling some old girlfriend on the weekends? But there's still people who've been delivered and set free from addiction, from witchcraft, from brokenness, who still entertain those old, that old lifestyle in their past. Don't just tell me it's innocent fun. Well, there's nothing innocent about it. There's nothing innocent about witchcraft. There's nothing innocent about sowing seeds of delusion and confusion into your children. Don't you know, parents, that you are responsible for your kids' hearts? Don't introduce those wicked ideas like Halloween. I don't, I mean, I could go off on Halloween, but why? What's the point? You've made your decision. Do what you want to do. Pray. But I just want you to know that, man, God's going to hold you accountable for that. And don't you know that God, that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave. And whenever you're walking around like a dead person or entertaining the whole idea of Halloween, you are literally going out with Jesus' defeated girlfriend. I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense in my brain. You're, you're, you're quenching the spirit of God in your life. Get the hell out. That's like the devil hell stuff of your life. Say no to that stuff. And just like what we read, the, the people in Thessalonica, they, they begin to see manifestations, changes. They begin to see people walking in freedom. They begin to see people walking in truth. They begin to see manifestations of the Holy Spirit. This is what really got them crazy, is whenever the people from Thessalonica who were caught up in the synagogue was, took a step out of the synagogue, and they begin to go to their families. They begin to go to their schools. They begin to go uh, to all, every person that they possibly could to tell them about Jesus. That bothered people. Brother, you're a little too excited about Jesus. Sister, you know, you don't really need to pray so loud. You're waking up my neighbors. Wake up your neighbors. They need to wake up. Don't put the Holy Ghost in a box. Don't, don't try to define who he is. Worship team, come on. We're just going to pray. I don't even... Don't try to tell me that the Holy Ghost isn't still operating today. If the Holy Ghost isn't operating in your life, it's probably because one, you've tried to put him in a box. Two, you still have unrepented sin. You need to deal with it today. Three, you're not giving to the Lord appropriately. I'm not here to tell you how to do it or what to do. I'm just saying, man, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't be like the Thessalonians. See, it was bad enough that they tried to kick the Holy Ghost out of their synagogue, but then they started going trying to kick the Holy Ghost out of other people's synagogue. They went to the Bereans, and they began to stir up the crowds. Well, there's people today, that they almost get like militant against the Holy Ghost. Did you hear what you're saying? Thank God for his grace. So today, this morning, I just want to just, man, just invite the Holy Spirit into this place. Can we stand to our feet? Come on, there's some of you who, who have been walking with Jesus for a long time. And maybe you've, maybe you've taken that ring off. Maybe you've taken that seal off. Maybe you've taken that promise off and you've set it on the nightstand for a little while. 
Well, maybe there's people in your life that are trying to convince you that the experience that you have wasn't of God. That's what the Thessalonians were talking to the Bereans about. You see, the Bereans are smart, though. They went to Scripture. There is more Scripture in here, that in the Bible, that talks about what it looks like to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit than there are that what it looks like to not to. If the gifts of the, of, of the Holy Ghost died with the canonization of Scripture, or if it died with the last of the apostles, why didn't they just erase it from the record? Because, I mean, we didn't need the Holy Ghost, just don't even tell us about it. Why? Because, no, they wrote it in here because it's available for us today. So this is what I want to do this morning. Well, I believe that that there's some of us who just need to come back to Jesus. We just need to say, Lord, I've been quenching your spirit in my life. I, I have been trying to put you in a box. I've been trying to define who you are. I haven't fully opened myself up to who you are. Lord, maybe I've said, you know what, I'm going to put you on a shelf. I'm not going to take you out. I'm not going to let other people see. Come on, there's grace for you in this room. Well, there's grace for you in this room. Friends, let me just be very, very, very vulnerable with you right now. Very vulnerable. I don't know that I've ever shared this story publicly, but I just feel like maybe some of you need to hear it. You see, there there was a time me and Shannon were saved for probably six or seven years. I was working in the oil field. I was working in Corpus Christi, a little town of Portland, actually. And, and man, I was trying to do my best to love on Jesus. But I was gone for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. And there was a, this rig crew. And, man, they would always, it's a Mexican rig crew, and they'd be like, Pepe, that's what they call me. Pepe, come on, man, let's go on the weekends. Let's go have some beers. I'm like, no, nah, man, God delivered me from all that stuff. Ah, oh, Pepe, come on, man. One ain't going to hurt nothing. No, nah. God delivered me from all that stuff. I'd tell them about Jesus, you know. Then about two months later, the job was wrapping up. As a matter of fact, it was the last day of the job. We were done. And they said, Peppy, come on. We're going to go to the restaurant and we're going to have a big celebration supper. And I said, eh, that'll work. So I go to the restaurant. Little did I know in this restaurant, there's pool tables. So they said, Pappy, let's play a game of pool. Man, come on, don't be a stick in the mud, you know. I didn't say that, but, you know, they said something far more vulgar. But I was like, okay, man, look, I'll play one round of pool with you. Okay, so then the rig crew bought a round of beers for everybody in the room, including me. Put it in my hand. I didn't want to be rude, so I drank it. You know, and then after that, it's like the next guy buys around. I don't want to be rude. So I drank it. Ultimately, it came to my turn, and I don't want to be rude, so I buy around. Next thing you know, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I could barely walk out the door. You can never let your guard down. So the Holy Spirit tell Shannon everything. She calls me. She says, Joe, I know exactly what happened last night. He called me in the middle of it, but yeah. Are you, yes. 
and I just hang up the phone. I say all that to say this. Even in the midst of that, there is grace. There is forgiveness. There is hope. Now, just my disclaimer for all of the Pharisees and stuff. I wasn't a pastor then. But what I did do is I said, Lo, man, I need to put on my guard so I don't ever travel alone anymore. Come on, there's grace in this room. Come on, there's grace for you this morning. Come on, some of us have tried to, for the Holy Ghost, we've just tried to put the Holy Ghost in, in this box. We've tried to take off the Holy Ghost because we can't, dip. come on, there is grace in this room. There's grace for overcoming. There is grace for forgiveness. There is grace for righteousness in this room. Come on, put him back on. Put on your ring. Take him out of the box. Let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask the worship team to just begin to play a song. And in this song, if you need me to come in agreement with you in prayer, while the worship team's playing, would you just come to the front right now and say, come on, I just, I just need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit this morning. I've walked away, but Lord, I want to walk back to you. Come on, would you just make your way right now as the worship team just begins to play? Come on, right now, don't be ashamed. Come on, don't be ashamed. Just come on, make your way to the front right now. Come on, if that's you. Come on, you say, Lord, I just need a touch from you today. I want to make it right with you today. Come on, if that's you, would you come to the altar right now while we pray? How could I express With my arms stretched open. 
right where you are. Can we just extend our hands to heaven? Come on, we, a, a man of God just came and he just shared what God was speaking to him in his heart. I want to pray into that, that there's some of you here today that are going through a transition. And God is saying that you need to begin to trust him in the transition. Come on, don't you know that Jesus was raised by the dead? If God can raise the dead, come on, he can help us provide for our needs. Come on, he can fill us with his spirit. Come on, right now, I just want us to extend our hands to heaven. Come on, right now, if you have a prayer language, you just would you just begin to pray? Come on, right now, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you begin to just fill us anew, fill us afresh, Lord. Fill us with your fire in Jesus' name. Lord God, that every work of the enemy, every lie and deception of the devil be broken off in Jesus' name. Lord, that we as a church say no to, to, to the works of the devil and we say yes to you. Lord, that we can't usher in revival, Lord God, when there is sin in the camp. So Father, we cast it out in Jesus' name. Lord, and we just receive your grace. We receive your mercy. Lord, we receive who you are, Lord God. We receive your Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, Lord God, that you are our provider. We thank you for it, Jesus. We thank you for it, Jesus. We thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, how many of you know we serve a good God? Come on, let's just give him some praise. We serve a good God. Come on, all of those who are praying, this is what I want to do. Come on, there's some people. God is doing some work here at this altar this morning. Come on, I want to continue just to allow prayer to go forth, to allow deliverance to come forth today. Come on, so if you need prayer, we have our prayer partners, our prayer warriors. They're going to pray for you, my friends, who I trust. Come on, would you come find one of those? And they're just going to pray with you here this morning. Amen. If you don't need prayer, you can feel free to be dismissed. We love you. We appreciate you. And listen, don't compromise with the devil. You don't have to. Come on, you're his. You were claimed. We are the bride of Christ. Amen. Y'all be blessed. Have a great week. And we will see you on next Sunday. Or Wednesday, actually. See you Wednesday. Amen.